what's up? It's Kev with Atmosphere FC, and in today's video, I'll be interviewing Gotham FC and WSL baller Grace Cutler. In this video, we'll be discussing her journey through the American system, her college process, her time spent in Italy, and her time in the NWSL. How are you feeling? How are your spirits these days? Oh, what's happening? I feel good. I'm happy to be here with you. Man, no, thank you. Thank you. Um, let me, before I even welcome you, I want to thank you because this is monumental for my platform, for me as a soccer fan. Um, I knew that I wanted to cover women's soccer. And I can tell you, I can confidently talk about any league in the, in the soccer world, international, any team. I can defend myself and I can go back and forth. What I'm not confident to talk about is women's soccer. Uh, I'm not really familiar with the, the process. I know the league is new. So I always, in my mind, I knew I was going to cover women's soccer. I just didn't know where I was one, we know how and where I was going to start. Um, so the, the few episodes I've been recording have been from, you know, my soccer networks and it's guys from SoCal uh, that I grew up playing with, guys that played in the pros, guys I've gone to college with. And I would send these videos out to like, you know, my close group of friends. My sister's opinion means a lot to me. My sister played soccer. She's 25. Like, I'm super proud of my sister. You know, she's a lawyer, like boss. So she you know her opinions matter matters to me so she kept she kept asking me bro when are you going to do girls content like i like man soccer but she's like but she's like i don't i don't have time to follow men's soccer like where's where's the women content and i was like dang i gotta take this from the back burner i know i was gonna get to it but i, I gotta make this a priority so but then i didn't know how i send out 10 texts reached out my soccer network is um great as far as men and you know I grew up in the American system so my spider web is crazy and this is what I love about the soccer world bro like it's so global so international yet it's so glued together yet it's so small it's so small so small so I reach out to like 10 people no one gives me like a direct answer like oh no one gives me like a number pretty much so I'm like all right cool so I go take it upon myself to go to the NWSL. I follow, no, actually someone had tagged me and your teammate Sabrina's pitch uh, interview that she did with Futbolito. And yeah. she was talking about the stuff that I was kind of want to cover on this podcast. So I was like, man, this girl is perfect. So I followed her. And then I go to the NWSL page and I love that the marketing, I feel like the social media uh, for the NWSL is on point because for me as like as a fan, like I love that you guys, they show the outfits, they show the game time, they show, you know, like kind of behind the scenes. So I'm, I'm scrolling through this page and I, <laughs> I see the outfits, right? I see a picture of you and your teammates just killing it. I see you, bright red hair, tattoos. I'm like, yes, this girl would be perfect. Oh, I, follow, yeah. I follow you. And again, like, I think I, I record an interview and then I hit up my boy, Charlie Rugg legend boston college galaxy rosendale like he's one of my closest friends and i hit him hit him up originally to get me one to plug me with one of the galaxy guys so i'm like all right cool i go up, i, I kind of go with my day and i'm like you know what i'm gonna shoot my shot and just ask charlie he maybe know somebody and i send him a text and i'm like bro do you know anyone that will you know would want to come on the podcast that plays pro in the nwsl and he's like bro it's fate. He's like, I got you. I got the perfect girl. And 
I'm like, yeah, I'm happy. And then we, we're, we're texting. And then it goes to DM. He sends me the same picture I saw you and I followed you. And I'm like, bro, redhead question mark. And he's like, yeah, bro, this girl is amazing baller. And here we are, bro. So yeah. I, I believe in full circle moments. And I think this is one of them. So again, thank you and welcome for being here. Hell yeah, stoked. Man, so I know I did a lot of talking, but I had to do, you know, some background and yeah, let's dive into it. So you're from Fort Collins, Colorado. Tell us a little bit about how you started to play soccer. Did your family, did your parents play soccer? So I grew up in like a more like dancing competitive family. Like my brother is a professional dancer. My sister danced competitively. My mom's a dancer. So I was like the only like raw athlete that was like mad fucking competitive and shit. Mm -hmm. Um, but I knew from like three years old, I was like, I'm gonna be a pro soccer player. Like I said that shit from day one and like I knew it in my bones and I wasn't even on like the top teams. Like my, our first year going competitive, I was on like the third worst of four teams. So like three tiers down and yeah. I still- You were like on the D team? <laughs> yeah, I was on the C team. I was like, but I was still talking my shit. I was like, I'm gonna be a pro. Like, because I knew it. And I knew like none of the other girls felt the way I did about the game and like how passionate I was. So I knew it was just a matter of time. And everyone was like, this bitch is crazy. Like, shut up. But <laughs> I like came through that glowed up a little bit in the sport um going into high school and then it was like a different story from there but yeah I, I always loved the game and like that's what still fosters my play is just like my joy of like being on the ball for real that's crazy one you can hear it in your voice that you're hungry and that for me to hear that you knew at three years old is dope man because I remember now that I think back like I didn't I didn't think I could be a soccer player so I was like 15 or 12 so the fact that you knew right away and yeah. that's amazing the fact that it actually happened shows you that if you you think about it and you put it out in the universe bro, it's bound to happen definitely you got to put in the work but man congrats thank you it's crazy because there's so many points in my career and I, I felt this a lot in college because I had a super bad back injury and like there's all these points where I'm like how the hell am I going to get from like where I am to like this big goal I have in my career like being on the C team, like how the fuck am I going to be like a C team 12 year old to like being at a top 10 college in a national championship? And I did, but like, there's those moments where like your reality doesn't reflect your greatness or like what you see for yourself, your potential, but like, you can feel it. Like, I feel like we all feel this thing from things we're passionate about. Like you feel that potential within yeah. you. Like that's something that I continue to like choose to like create my own reality when things aren't showing me like hey you're killing it you're great like if things aren't showing me that I'm like how am I going to get to like that next like national team that's like the next thing that I'm like how the hell am I going to get to the national team I have no idea but like I know I'm going to get there and it's another one of those things that I just have to like continue to foster like the play and like just allow it to unfold even in moments like now where I'm like I have no idea how it's going to get from this point to that point great point and I feel like Clearly, you've been successful at every level and you're continuing, hopefully, you know, to get onto the national team. I'm again, I'm a firm believer in the universe and full circle. So I love to hear it out loud and tell it to people. So, man, this is going to be on a global YouTube stage, hopefully. So it's going to happen. And to let me point out that, yeah, what you said is correct. Till You're a professional until this day. You don't have a direct blueprint or direct pipeline on how you're going to get to those goals you want to accomplish. So my goal for this platform is to clearly, you know, 
won't give you your flowers for being a professional, show you that you're a baller and that there's people out there supporting you, but also to inspire and to kind of give guidance and just share information with the up and coming players for those parents who are lost. I feel like a lot of players in the American system after college, I think both for men and women, don't really, you know, if we don't get drafted, we don't really know what to do next. Do we hang it up? You play club soccer in Colorado. Uh, was high school soccer a big part of your career, like recruiting career? Not recruiting. Like high school soccer, in my opinion, and I can only speak from my own experiences, was like a little bit of a joke. Like I would score like seven goals in a game. Like that's, like that's ridiculous, you know? Yeah. Like, and so it was fun. Like it boosted my confidence, but it didn't really, like college coaches weren't coming to my high school games. And I really feel like it was more from club that like I got recruited. Okay. When did your recruitment process start? Like what year? So it was later. Like I know the kids now, because when I was at West Virginia, like they were talking to freshmen and low-key like eighth graders sometimes. So like that eighth graders were like on their radar, which blows my effing mind. Cause I wasn't even that good at soccer to like freshman and sophomore year of high school. So I wouldn't even be getting recruited like as highly as I did yeah. when I was like younger. But um my junior year I committed to Santa Clara and my recruitment process was different because I played in Fort Collins which is a small town and at the time ECNL was like the big like how you get recruited pretty much and I didn't go to an ECNL team till I was 15 16 and then I got like some recruiting from there but I actually just went to the Santa Clara college camp and like scored mad goals like mm. just talk my shit honestly <laughs> and at the end of the camp Jerry the head coach was like hey do you like pretty much want a full con like a contract like a full ride here and I was like yeah like fuck yeah that's why I came out here so that was how I actually came into like going to Santa Clara first but my recruiting process I feel like was delayed because I went to like ECNL late and so most of the girls were like committed by the time I was even like on the team and I was just beginning that process I have a brother that's 16 and he recently sent me a uh, text and said hey do you have any uh college college uh coaches emails and i'm like what's up what do you want to do because i in my head i put it to him bro let's go pro like I, I believe i played college soccer and i think it's a good level and we'll dive deeper into that but i wish somebody would have told what i'm telling my brother now like hey yeah. you know i think i have enough information to if it, my brother doesn't sign a pro contract by 20 we can still have eligibility and play you know so it's interesting because you also asked me, hey, do you think we should go to these camps? And that's something I'm willing to do for him to get exposures. Clearly it worked for you. So my... I don't know how, how like usual that is though, because yeah. I do know a lot of these camps are like more money grabs than they are actual opportunities. But like I scored like, 11 goals in like a game. Like I yeah. really appreciate <laughs> Like it was so aggressively like, you know, like I'm yeah. fucking hurt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That. I think that's why he was like really taken back. But I, from like being at West Virginia and working those camps, we never like offer people from those camps, you know? That, that's, that was why I asked because I worked the BC soccer camps and I was, I know we never, the, if someone did go, they ended up on the team it was just because Ed or our coach wanted to just see him for the few days, you know, and because right. he was a local kid. But it's also, I feel like, why not? You know, if you have if you have the means and you have the access to do it, I think that just to, you may not be as lucky as you, but you may be able to get on the coach's radar because as, let's dive into the college soccer, college, uh, college soccer a bit, because I think that 
I believe in the college system. I think it's a good level for, for both men and women. I think so. If you put everything outside, as far as like classes, as far as like outside of the field stuff, I think the level is sharp. I think it's athletic. I think it's fast. I think anyone can pull up on a day and be organized and go direct. You know, I don't think, I think it has evolved from the kickball. It's very athletic. It's very fast. It is evolving. And, and I feel like, you know, but obviously it's only three months. The season's three months. It's brutal on the body. It's brutal on, on your mental state. So I feel like if it was reform, it could be part of the American culture. It could work, you know, to keep a magnifying glass and actually recruit from, from uh, these colleges because you see March Madness. You see how crazy they go for March Madness and uh, the football, NCAA football. So soccer is just as big. I feel like there's a market for amateur sports. So if the college system was, was reformed and more catered to the player and more professional, it could work. You know, and it could be it could be an option for those those players that don't want to go pro, that want to get their degree, that want to be, you know, like I said, like I'm not opposed to the college system, but I just don't think it should be our number one priority. Our number one priority should be try and get kids to the pros. I feel that. And that's like more of like a European mindset, you know, mm-hmm. like I think that's why, especially on the men's side, like you guys are a bit more behind because we're having to class and like focus on getting a whole ass degree while like these kids in Europe are like just playing soccer all the fucking time and like getting great you know and like having hands-on work from like such young ages so I do feel that I agree with that how how was the level for you for uh at Santa Clara West Coast School I you guys what played UCLA UCSB we yeah we so we were in the WCC West Coast Conference okay I feel like I feel like West Coast team have a different style there I feel like I'll technical yeah yeah so I feel like a lot of local talent that goes to the Santa Clara to the UCSB the UCLA's comes from Southern California and soccer is huge there I feel like the talent pools and men's so how was yeah the level of play the system as far as like I feel like you are more uh athletic more direct player how did how did your game get affected you know when you had to go from playing for Santa Clara more technical team so I graduated early. I graduated like a semester early from high school to like go have that spring semester because I was like, I want to be the starting center forward on this team like my freshman year. Yeah. So like I'm going to get there. I'm going to be completely with the pace, like get my body right so I could ball out my freshman semester. I overtrained so bad. Like I was doing like seven to eight hour days of just like straight up soccer, like outside of practice. And I blew out my back. Like it was a terrible experience. So my whole freshman season, I ended up playing injured. So it's completely different than like oh, it would have. Wow. I had to get like steroid shots every Tuesday, not practice the week, try to play Friday, try to play Sunday, do the same thing the next week. So my like freshman experience sucked because I was injured. Yeah. But that spring semester was one of the best times of my life because I overtrained. But like before <laughs> my back got blown out, and I remember my coach saying this. He's like, I have never seen a player get as good as you're getting this fast. Like all mm-hmm. of a sudden I was in an environment with all these resources and like the men's coaches would yeah. train me. I was allowed to train with the men extra. I trained on my own extra and like where our training pitches, my coach had like an office where he could look over the pitch. So even though you're in like NCAA, they have all these dumbass rules about yeah, how man. he could like look from his office and text me things like, Hey, like this shot work on this like you're doing this part wrong yeah so I 
just like soaking it up. Like I was so stoked. I was like, I'm about to be the best freshman this year, like in all of NCAA. Did not know how to manage my body, workload, anything. Yeah. So it ended up biting me in the ass. But before I got injured, like that time was so sick because when I had actually been to the Santa Clara camp and like my coach was like an NAIA coach who was like my team's like coach when we play games. And he was telling me, he's like, yeah, you're a good player, but like, you're not technical enough for Santa Clara. Like they won't offer you. I was like, this guy, the fuck. And like, I did have to get way better at my technicals being there. Like there were so many things being a center forward, like hold up play. I was fucking terrible that when I got there, cause in club, like you just gotta be more athletic, bigger, stronger, want it more. Like when I would shoot in club, like I wouldn't even have to direct the ball in the goal, honestly. Yeah. Like you could just shoot that shit on the net and that's a goal. Like I had like 30 goals, you know, like that's yeah. insane. And then I got to college and I'm like, man, like I yeah. had to be precise in everything. Mm -hmm. But until I got injured, it was like one of the best times of my life. Obviously the injury like kind of changed my path with Santa Clara and like just college, my whole college experience, but. Yeah. Crazy, two things crazy you <laughs> blew out your back before freshman but look two things about that one that's things the information of how to take care of your body how to train that information is not out there so for you for a for a very you know eager player i want to get better you just all you can do is just run yourself to the ground which might be you know not the most productive thing yeah. so our development the youth development that these clubs offer where is it at you know and another thing is, it also shows you that how short the season is. You're coming out of injury, but you want to play so bad that you risk your body, you risk pretty much your career just to shine in those three months. And that's so, that's terrible for your, your development, anyone's development, you know? Oh, yeah. If I redid freshman year, I would redshirt. Like, I was so fucking eager to be that bitch that, like, I wasn't, <laughs> you know, I didn't have, like, the calmness of myself to, like... Yeah allow a red shirt year but looking back I really regretted it because I like I said not compared to other people but like for me I had six goals I was like second in points with assists but like I knew I could have been massive and I wasn't and like that was so fucking disappointing for me because I wanted it so bad and I yeah. had done all work but like half of my work was working against myself in the end so it was a very eye-opening experience did that play uh, the a big role in you transferring to West Virginia? Yeah, I mean, there was more than that, but that was definitely part of it for sure. I think yeah. I probably played my four years, like, because I probably would have had a sick freshman season that yeah, I was yeah. with, and that I like the things that were bothering me wouldn't have been big enough if I hadn't been injured, you know? I hear you. Yeah, man. It's dope that a back injury is serious, you know? You could have called it a day, but. A red yeah. shirt would have been a smart idea, but the fact that you yeah. wanted to play shows you how, yeah, your hunger. I feel like I've I'm I've only had a few conversations with you, but I love it. I love the hunger that you still wanted. You're so young. You're still not even in your prime yet, you know. So, yeah, keep at it. And um, so you transferred, and I transferred to West Virginia. I wish I would have transferred out of BC. I, yeah. it's a it's it's the trans, you know, a lot of these programs sometimes you know don't end up being the right program for you you know sometimes you may be a good player but you may not fit the system the coach may not like you the you know so a lot of things go into actually finding the right fit 
I wish I would have had more information about the transferring process because like I said, like I stuck four years at BC, very unhappy. I knew from, I had a sick freshman year, uh, freshman year. I'm confident that I was top three best players on in my team every three years. I mean, every year that I was there, but my coach never, I never fit his system. He yeah. wanted to be more direct. I want the ball at my feet. So, you know, for anyone listening out there, you know, it's, it's not bad to second guess whether, you know, you're happy at a place. If you, let's say, end up at a powerhouse and you're not getting playing, you, one, maybe you're not playing a lot of minutes or you clash with the coach. I think that it's fat. It's the, the best idea. If you're not hundred percent happy is to actually make that decision of let's transfer. Because I feel like I did freshman year. I did well in second year. And then I was like, should I transfer? And I'm like, bro, I'm halfway done with college. It doesn't make sense. You know, can we talk a little bit about your transfer process and how difficult it was to, you know, change from yeah, coast to coast? Yeah, it was super difficult. No one expected me to transfer because like I played a lot as a freshman and like most of the time people transfer because they're not playing. So yeah. every, like the team was like, what the fuck? Like uh -huh. Santa, all my teammates were super mad and that part was really hard. But like the day that I like my name got in the portal, I was so fortunate that like all these top 20 schools were like, hey, yo, like, yeah. what's up, buddy? Like, let's talk about <laughs> So I was so relieved at that moment because my transferring, like I had infinite options of like yeah. bomb, bomb programs to go to. To be fair, I don't think West Virginia was a better fit for me. And like, that is what uh -huh. it is. Um, yeah. And like, I'm, I think there's like divine timing to like things in our life. So I see how it served me, but it didn't like fit my personality. I, hear you. I didn't feel like truly happy there. Um, but I, in my career, like I see how both my year at Santa Clara and my three years at West Virginia has like formed me into more of like a better player. But yeah, transferring is hard. I think what's hard about the recruiting process. And I always say this to young players, like girls who are in guys who are just beginning to talk to coaches, like they are going to sell you a dream. So they're going to, make everything pretty and yeah. perfect the facilities and like young kids I don't know why they're so distracted by the facilities I'm like yeah you need a football and a good coach that's all you need like you don't need like a tv in your locker room like that's yeah. not gonna make a player like you need to figure out if your coach likes your style of play if he's gonna elevate you and like if you can grow in this program and if like the personality of the girls there will gel with you you know and so I think like the recruiting process has all these like shiny things. And are you sponsored by Nike or Adidas? And, like, Facts, bro. and I'm like, this is hilarious. So within my own recruiting process, even when I was transferring, even being aware of that, like I still wasn't able to find my right fit. So I don't think it's that easy. Um, but I think like in the recruiting process, coaches tell you a dream, especially like players, probably like you and I, who like had some clout from high school. They're like, Hey, like you can just be the star. And like, yeah fun it'll be easy we'll be best friends the whole time and then you get to college and like it's fucking hard like you have yeah. to be good at school like you have to be accountable you have to do all these things like you're an adult because I was there at 17 so all of a sudden I'm like a full force adult at 17 yeah Plus, like having to perform and like all these things drinking all of a sudden like all these new <laughs> and like we aren't given especially in the mental health side like anything they'll be like oh well we have a nutritionist and like a sports psych yeah that's not enough like people aren't seeking out therapy most people don't feel comfortable seeking out therapy so like all of a sudden you're in a completely new environment expected to perform oh my phone's dying yeah 
I'll switch my phone. But um, you're in a new environment expected to perform and like your mental health is just like expected to know what to do, you know? Oh. And I think like that's such a massive issue with like what they say in the recruiting process, like compared to like the reality of a college experience. Yeah, no, let me add to that. And facts all the, all the way through. Uh, the fact that you say selling you a dream, I find that hilarious because I use that with everything. And they sell you a dream. The men, on the men's side, they sell you a dream. So I wanted to hear from, you know, if it was the same on the women's side, and it sounds like it is. And yes, a lot of these coaches will throw the big facility, the Nike this, the Nike that. But what a lot of people have to realize is that coaches have a job. The way they keep their job is by winning. And they win by, you know, bringing together not even a group of kids, just a number of kids and putting a system together and not putting a system together and not developing that system. So they'll rather teach you a pattern, play direct or do this, than actually develop the talent. Because again, it's not their fault. It's the way the system and the college system is that because- I don't know, I feel like it's partly their fault. I hear you, but- I hear, No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, hundred percent. Look, I, like I, I college coaches are whack. Half a percent of them are old and half of them don't really run their practice. So maybe I'm giving them too much credit, but at the end of the day, they have to keep their job. So winning is number one, right? So the the player that doesn't fit the system that was highly recruited that, you know, has the potential, he ain't shit. As long as that, you know, I find the players are going to do what they, they want me to do. And I feel like that people have to know that because that stunts the growth of, an, of any player. And you got to remember that from 17 to 20, those are your most important de developmental years. So it sounds like, you know, it's tough on the woman's side too, as far as like finding the right fit. And also I got in trouble at BC. And the only time I got therapy is was when I got in trouble. That was my punishment that you, I did something and, and I didn't even, I, I got in trouble for not snitching, bro. Someone did something. I was there. I was like, I don't know. And my punishment, I got kicked, got kicked out of housing and they put me in therapy. And that was honestly them putting me where the therapist changed my life. That's to make Jesse Harmon, if he's listening out there, changed my life. That's the reason why I graduated Boston College because this guy, African-American, he's like, hey, bro, you don't look like those people out there. Like, I got you. And he saw that I wasn't a bad kid, but he's like, yo, let me give you some guidance. And that's cool. so important, bro. And like the college colleges don't do that. So the fact that you bring that up, uh, you know it needs more awareness for sure yeah that's amazing I love that you do that for you it's also hilarious to me that your like punishment is therapy it was <laughs> the greatest it was the greatest thing ever man like <laughs> like but it goes to show you how out of touch everything is in the college system you know and and I yeah, felt like we're used in the college system because I like have infinite work ethic. Like I will, and will always grind. And like, I feel like they used me for like my strengths. It didn't help elevate. Like my technicals were so not good enough going to my rookie year. And it was like extremely obvious right away for me. And like, I had to have so much more time to work on that when I could have been working on that in college because I have the work mm -hmm. ethic. I just need a coach to be like, Hey Grace, like this is your weakness. Let's get this right. Because you want to be the best in the world one day. Yeah. That's not even close to being the best in the world let's get it right but like my college experience 
like I was really good in a few areas and they just like completely defined me to those areas. And like, I felt like such a fucking role player. And for someone like me who wants to be the best, like being a role player is like the death of me. Like it fucking sucks. Like I don't want to be a role player. Like I want to be why people are coming into the stands, like being entertained. Like I don't want to be the one to like, just switch the field, keep the ball, make it pretty. And like, because I was like humble and I didn't know how to like take space then and like talk my shit of what I felt like I fell into that box. And then when I got pro, like I had to stumble and stumble and stumble. And like, there were many times where I'm like, I cannot, do I want to keep playing soccer? Because like, there was so much more for me to go that I could have been working on. If I had someone that was like, I see you, you have like the intangibles. Let's like, let's make it right that I feel like used from my college experience and like being put into a box rather than like elevating me, just like what you're saying, they fit me into their system mm-hmm. when like, I don't even think they had me in the right position. Like, I think they should have been playing me in a completely different position and like pushing me outside my comfort zone, not like defining me into my comfort zone and telling me to like only play within those walls, you know? Amen, bro. You're preaching. You're preaching. You dropping that shit. Look, one, <laughs> because that was my next question about role players. When people think about role players, they think, oh, that's such a cool thing to do. You can play anywhere on the field. We're different ages. You know, we're, I feel like I don't know you much. I haven't seen you. I've obviously seen your, seen your highlight tapes, but I feel like our games are similar just as far as like I was the ultimate role player. Always at BC. I played every single position except goalie at BC. And that was the death of me. Like you said, like that was the death of my career. I didn't develop good at one thing like I was an attacking minded player I should have been playing my games as a forward because the system because the 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 season's so short someone gets injured I'm that role player that you know can fit anywhere let's put this guy at center back and I'm like bro I don't want to play center back that's like bro it's it's disrespectful to no disrespect to the center back so there's it's a beautiful position but to my game that was disrespectful like you're wasting me. I'm a top 10 recruit. Why am I, how am I supposed to get better? So yeah, the fact that you went in on the role players, people have to know, like parents have to know, players have to know is that don't take role player as a compliment. You have to, yes, it's going to be good, a a complete player, but not to be a role player is two different things. You know, I feel like the college system, again, it's a system. It is not development. So everything you touched on, I agree. And it makes it so hard for the players to, be confident in one position. Like I, I, there was times where after playing center back, I got put right mid. I'm like, I don't know if I should go up. I don't have the same confidence to take people on, you know? So it really, it really fucks with your game mentally. And again, it's only three months. So, so let's say you go to West Virginia, you have, you'll say not the best years, but solid years to get you playing at the next level. I have a few questions about that because your league, for those who don't know, the NWSL is only eight years old, right? So super young league. What were your plans like senior year? Did you know you wanted to go abroad? Did you want to stay? I actually wanted to stay in the NWSL. So I graduated college or like a semester early, just how I came in a semester early, which I was planned because the draft's in early January for the women. Put my name in the draft. 36 women got drafted that year. I was 22, went to Houston and... I mean, started like I was saying. Oh, hold on, wait, hold on, bro. Hold on, bro. Because you skip that like that. Ain't, that's nothing. Like one, <laughs> let's talk about the draft. All right. And wait, wait, wait. So you were 24 out of 36 because there's a draft for 
the MLS, the men's league. And I feel like that the draft, at least for the men's league, is worthless because people get drafted. They're not guaranteed a contract. And yeah. it, it's okay. So it's tough, you know? So it's, I feel like it's more for show, more to be like the NBA, more to be like the NFL. So, yeah, I wanted to ask you, is the draft necessary for the women's league? I think it's necessary because it does it's like a professional league. So even if it's mostly for looks, I like that mm. it's ten, like going towards being more like an NBA vibe, you know, okay. cause like the NBA is iconic. So like, if we want to become iconic, there are certain things about the NBA, like we should take. So I yeah. do like the idea of the draft, just what you're saying. Like I didn't have a contract. Like I think maybe yeah. there's like three girls each year that like actually go into camp with a contract. So you're pretty much just like, is an invite to preseason. Um, yeah. Most coaches, I will say, like, like to sign their drafted players. Mm -hmm. So it's like you are favored, but it doesn't mean like anything in terms of like you're going to be playing that year or you'll for sure have a contract. You get drafted to Houston. Houston Dash? Yeah. How was that? Tell us about the experience. You're a pro now. Your life, your dream yeah. made it. How did you feel? How, how proud was your family, bro? Yeah, draft day was sick. So like I had had a lot of victim stories around my career. Like I started on the C team and I've had oh, a lot yeah. of experiences of like feeling a little bit behind and like being drafted when, you know, over 200, 300 girls names are in that, in that draft and like being 22 for me was like a moment in my career that I truly felt was like, I don't have to keep playing like the victim role in yeah. my own, like I can be that bitch and like, I can accept that and like push it forward and stop feeling like, oh, like she doesn't work out for me in my career or it's harder for me, you know? Yeah. So it was a beautiful moment of like letting go some of my like baggage from college and like before that. And it was like kind of a reset button. Like, all right, I'm starting my pro career off dope. Like I just got uh. like, so that was like a really good moment for me, like mentally as well. Um, I was stoked like even training up to going to camp like I was fucking so you I love football so like I was just stoked to like not have to worry about finding a team and like getting drafted just makes shit easier went into camp had a good time break it down coach has really weird meeting with me like super weird like can just tell he's like not being honest with me so I like asked him for another meeting the next day and I was like listen like you can be 100% straight up with me if you don't fuck with my game, like say that, but like, I need to know where I stand. And he was like, pretty much like we would contract you, but you're not going to play a single minute. And I was wow. like, Ugh. and I, now looking back, I understand why, but at the time, like he wanted me to play defensive mid and I'm an attacker yeah. and he didn't want me attacking. Like the way he plays defensive mids, he wants them really sitting. And he was like, I'm not about to go talk to like the people who pay me, like why I'm risking a rookie who like, if you fuck up in the attack and then we lose, like, I'm not going to go tell my boss, like, I'm betting on you. And I understood that. Like, I, I wasn't actually offended by that. And I wasn't that technical yet. So, like, low-key valid, you know? Right. Like, I think I would have made great plays, but I also would have probably had big mistakes. And that's what he could feel. So, I'm not upset about that. Um, I actually called Jerry, my head coach from Santa Clara, mm -hmm. and was like, hey, like, what do I do? Because he's super knowledgeable about stuff like that. And I was like, do I take this? Like, do I stay? Do I go? And he was like, don't take a bad contract, like leave and like help me make that decision. So I was like, all right. And then decided to leave from Houston. And then I can continue. Or do you want to talk more about that? No, part? no. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yes. Uh, I just I was going to ask you about level of play but nah keep going if you want yeah, okay, yeah. So i went from houston was depressed 
like for real, like my mentals were so low. And I had got the oil ring called me a week later. This was when Black Coat, who's now the national team coach, mm-hmm. called me or their GM called me. And then I talked to Black Coat and they were like, hey, like we want to bring you in. Like we we saw you for the draft, like you're dope. We want to bring you in. I was so not mentally okay. And there was like this massive feeling in my gut. It was like, don't fucking go, Grace. Like, and I, if you can tell from like how hype I am about football, like that's the first yeah. time in my career, like I said no. But like I wasn't okay and I could feel that. And like I'm usually like pretty optimistic and like ready to go. So like when I was so not ready, it was like so clear to me. So I said no, which I'm like thanking God for now because uh-huh. Black was the head coach of the national team. And like I was not that bitch back then, soccer wise. So like if that yeah. was of me as a player I'm like woof, like dodged a bullet there you know yeah. like I'm hyped that whenever he gets to see me it's from like this space of my playing now rather than yeah. me as a trying to figure shit out um but yeah so I said no and ever like my parents were supporting me but everyone was like what the fuck like yeah what's going on but like I wasn't okay and I knew it and then Two months passed, I signed an NTR, which is the national team replacement contract, short-term contracts, a month long for the Spirit. Played in the Spirit and then signed to Italy right after that and went to Italy. Before we talk about you going to Italy, I wanted to ask you a few questions about, you know, that time you spent here uh, in the NWSL. So very young league, very promising league. I think it's going to be a super league. I think it's going to grow just as fast as the MLS. You know, the MLS started with 10 teams. Now it's at 26. I feel like, the again, the marketing, the marketing for not just women's sports, but like for American sports is there. Because if you look who follows this league is like younger. I feel like more of our generation, it's like soccer has become a hipster sport, a cool sport. People want to support Liverpool, support blah, 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 you know. But there's also that people that want to support American teams that want to, you know, get lit before the game and then support. It started with a group text inside joke. As far as like me and my friends, we were like, Hey, we would say like, yo, uh, what are we doing this weekend? And somebody would say like, let's get drunk and pretend the MLS is dope. And it turned into a lifestyle tool. Now now we're 30 washed up and we love this shit, bro. So (laughs) I see the NWSL growing just as fast. And it's crazy because Women's soccer in the U.S. is dominant. You guys are doing it right. So it's about fucking time they gave you guys a league, you know? And before we talk about you, your experience in Italy, great decision on taking care of you. You know, the fact that, yes, you're a rookie, but the fact that you're mature enough to say, hey, this opportunity is not for me, amazing, you know? So that's dope that you, I feel like you're always confident of yourself, you know? And even in your most, vulnerable times you know you you still chose yourself so that's dope and you know you got yourself right and then yeah and ended up being probably a great decision yeah yeah absolutely you go to Italy to play with Sassuolo yeah (laughs) yeah and yeah how was that experience how did that change you as a person as a player was that a good decision was that a bad decision because as a as men I feel like once you go to a foreign and then come back your price goes up your clout goes up so I was wondering, is that the same with American, uh, with women's soccer? In terms of clout, it depends where you go. So like the Italian yeah. league, it, I only could have gone to Juventus for my clout to go up, like one yeah. team. If yeah. I go to France, maybe there's like three teams my clout would have gone up. It no. depends on the league. So it's a little bit different. Um, 
I feel like my clout remained the same, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great decision for me, like outside of clout and shit. Like How about for the coaching, the, the coaches give you more respect because you went, you were a foreigner, you had that foreigner experience, or. So my coaches spoke zero English, um, but me and my coach had like a super special relationship and he's like really playful and so am I. So we like could connect there. And that actually really, like I, we call him like coaches, you call Mr. In Italy, like me and it, like I fucking love him like with my whole heart. Um, so that was a really like great time for me because I really haven't had a ton of coaches that I felt like, oh my gosh, like this person like loves me and I love them. So that was a nice thing. Um, playing in Italy was fucking hard. Like not the level wow. of play, but like Italy is really glamorous to travel to and to live in as a woman. It's like not. And I'm like all about being like empowered and like women yeah. on the rise. And it's just so far behind there compared to the US. Like the US, we're like talking about it, you know? Yeah. But like in Italy, like we wouldn't be able to walk down certain hallways because the men were. And I'm like, who the fuck's telling us this? Like, you know, like I'm the type of bitch, I'm like, I'm gonna walk down that motherfucking hallway. Like yeah. it shit like that and living in a culture every day that I'm like being put below men, below men, below men was really difficult for me. Um, and like triggering, honestly. Yeah, that's I had like this whole two month time where they're like, you're fat. Like, and I'm like skinny bitch, like in the US league. Like, and they were like, you're fat. Like you have a backpack of kilos on your back. Like you're gonna get fatigued. You're gonna get injured, you're fat. Like you need to eat less. And I was like, it was so hard on me because I've, I have had a lot of friends in sports that have body issues. I've never personally struggled with body issues. And it was the first time in my life where I completely like could, be compassionate and understand like I wasn't having full like body issues but like I could see how what that felt like like the root mm -hmm. of it mm -hmm. and it was gnarly like having people telling me I was fat all the time just because their culture sees like what a woman's soccer player should look like differently was so hard on me and it wasn't until like one day I finally went in every they had me meet with like the nutritionist every Tuesday and they would like pinch all my fat like literally yeah. I have to take my shirt off they would pinch my arms, they would pinch my stomach, they would pinch my legs, like they would pinch all my fat. And it wasn't until like a month and a half or two months into that, that I just like exploded one Tuesday. I was like, fuck this shit. Like this society is why, because a lot of my teammates have eating disorders in Italy more than America. They're like toothpick thin, like Kendall Jenner thin. And I was like, this is why bitches aren't eating on our team. Like it's men, you guys, who don't even understand what it's like to be in a woman's body telling me that I'm fat, pinching my body every Tuesday. And I was like, I've never had body issues. And for the first time in my life, like I, when I eat, I'm thinking about how my body's going to look afterwards. And I like kind of blew up on them a little bit. And after that, they were like, okay, like, yeah. <laughs> we're not going to fuck with her about this. And then thankfully, like they stopped doing cause the Tuesday thing. A lot of girls had to do that. They stopped doing that for everybody. Um, because like none of my teammates would eat dinner on Monday night or breakfast Tuesday morning because we all get like our fat pinch, which is like fucking demoralizing. That's crazy. So, yeah, that changed for everybody, which was dope. But like living in a society as a woman who feels like very passionate about like women, you know, and like just being equal, like, yeah. and then living in a society where it's so extreme the other way where like they don't eat my teammates wouldn't even realize like oh that's weird like we can't walk down that hallway you know like it didn't yeah. even cross their mind they're like okay well we have to walk all the way around this building outside in the snow because three men are in that hallway i'm yeah. like trying to start a revolt i'm like yo guys like you see the <laughs> issue over here like 
so it was triggering and I think it was hard because I was naive going into it because Italy's so glamorous right like you travel to Italy it's a good fucking time like you're gonna have good food it's gonna be like sick views like it's super glamorous so I was expecting that lifestyle and then to like kind of be thrown into like one of my biggest triggers was so freaking intense. Also, you're so young. Like you're still a rookie technically, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's my rookie year. I'm like 21, 22, 21 yeah. or 22. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, I, man, I'm sorry you had to go through that. And I'm sorry yeah. Italian women have to go through that because, no. again, yeah, we're totally different, you know, different. So I don't, man, that's crazy. To me, that's alarming because I have sisters. I believe in equality and all of that. So. Yeah that takes away from your game like know, you know so crazy. much and, a, and I, I I had issues like that in the college system where again who are these dudes old men telling us are about our bodies like I know. it doesn't make sense you know as a you look at soccer players bro you don't have there's no soccer players come in all sizes and the fact that they want to drop kilos and do all that it's just like unnecessary it takes away from your game it takes away from your confidence that's that yeah man that's crazy that you share that thank you for sharing that yeah let me ask you about the level of play though how was it compared to the U.S. completely different so like my rookie year I remember like passing patterns for example like we're lying like hitting everything hard like pinging everything like everything's like hard passes right I go to Italy and that's like all I've been working on like pinging passes pinging passes I get there and like right away they're like because we do all one touch, they're like, pass way fucking slower. Like, all my critiques I got, like, the first month there was like, don't pass so hard, don't pass so hard. Uh, so it was, like, kind of funny because something I trained so hard on was then, like, switched. But going there for me, even with what I just mentioned, like, as a person and a player was fucking dope. Like, it was a super hard year, but, like, elevated me as a human, like, helped me with my spirituality. And as a player, because I was so different, I was such a different flavor. I was really able to kill it in the league um, because I was offering something that no one else had. And it was good. It was really good for me. And I'm way better at like just being with the ball, honestly, from being there. So I'm grateful I went like given everything. Cause even those moments, like with the weight stuff, like it doesn't matter what career you do or what you do, like you're always going to step into like massive adversity in points of life. Like within a year, you're going to have a few of those and like those moments are the moments that I'm realizing like can I choose self-love like and how long does it take me like there took me a month and a half to like choose self-love and be like no you know and I feel like that's like what being a human is at the end of the day so like I'm not bitter at what happened because it elevated me as a human and like my sense of self because you gain momentum like the more you can choose self-love and like choose your worth in these really hard situations that when you're in them they feel super like closed in and you can't really like step out from that reality but like you're able to still make like a self-loving decision I don't know it like uplifts you in your life and it allows you to feel less bitter even when these things aren't like what you would hope they would be in an ideal situation no definitely it sounds like you definitely were put out of your comfort zone you know I yeah feel like oh, all the way out. yeah so I feel like that's what some players need you know it doesn't matter how hard you train how cookie cutter you are if yeah if you're not being challenged as far as out of your comfort zone sure culture was a shock I'm sure language was hard so man yeah definitely definitely so you would definitely advise up-and-coming players if it doesn't work out to go abroad oh hell yeah I think it's a fantastic experience and like being in another country will like 
really teach you who you are because yeah. when you're in another if you're in your own culture like i you know i have bright hair and i dress like swaggy but it's mostly accepted in america you know yeah. like i go out there like that and i was like alienated they were like who is this chick like people were intrigued some people liked it some people hated it but like i truly felt it was like all right am i gonna be a sheep or like am i gonna be who the fuck i am and not care that some of this culture thinks i'm like crazy yeah. But it also like humbles you because you realize how much more like we live in this tiny little world, you know, and then all of a sudden I'm living in another country for nine months. And, like all the drama of America feels irrelevant because right. I'm in a completely different immersed society with like all these other issues and like people and cultures and like values. And I think like player or person, that's such a sick fucking experience to have. And then as a player in terms of just like level of play, like even if you don't go to a great league and Italy was a good league, thankfully, but you're going to get offered something different. Like mm -hmm. you aren't going to play American style soccer in any other country. doesn't matter what league you're in. So as a player, like if you can make the most out of that and like be a sponge, like I would watch my teammates so much in practice, just what made them different from me and bring that into my own game. So then when I come back to America, like I'm not just an American player anymore. And that's what I love about my game. I used to be that role player of like just the brute big girl, win all the headers, smart tactically play simple but now i'm fucking great on the ball so now yeah. i can be the brute and saucy and like you don't see a lot of people being like the brute and the saucy bitch so yeah. like i'm excited because these things have like formed me and pushed me to like train completely different routes and like be exposed to things that i wouldn't have been if i just stayed in the states bro sauces forever i love that <laughs> sauces forever and yeah that's i feel like as american players you know technically we're not there and if technically yeah. we are there's still not that spice or that sauce so yeah the fact, the fact that i hear that you know you're in your prime having you know the defending side and the sauce i'm sure you're gonna kill it man and yeah. let's yeah. dive into the nwsl so after a year in italy came back came back during quarantine um was quarantined like a few months there there was like a challenge cup in the nwsl i didn't partake in that so i was home for like from like May to January. Uh -huh. And that's like, I took what I realized in Italy I didn't have. And I just like went off technically speaking. Yeah. Like I was dribbling for hours every day and I had learned to like manage my loads. Like I wasn't doing too much, but like I really- <laughs> You're not blowing your back it. out. <laughs> yeah, no, not doing that again. But I really went for it. Like I started training really unconventionally and like I'll put Brazilian music on or like Mexican style music on and I'll just, do it to a rhythm because mm -hmm. it started getting in my body like that ability to have like sauce isn't mm -hmm. in america we're taught this like manipulative like be effective be clear be crisp right we're like this like we're super stiff yeah. but when you can if you can dribble on the beat to music move forward back side to side yeah. like everything's different your feeling space on the ball is so different and so i did that for like all of those months literally trying super unconventionally had no idea if it was going to work Ended up, I can tell you more about how I got there, but ended up at Gotham and I was like one of the best dribblers. And like, I'd never been a good dribbler on the team. That was like always my criticism. And it was just cause I had like gotten rhythm literally because now in plays, like rather than having two plays where I know I can only go left or right, or like there's all these players around me and usually I could only like play the one touch out quick. And I had to know that before I got it. I have infinite ways to go now. Like right. since I'm dancing on the ball now, like I can just manipulate it up a little bit. No defender is going to bite pull out like it's so much more fun to like have created that within my own game 
So those months were like epic for me. I didn't know they were gonna be this epic, but like when I got to Gotham, I was like, holy shit, like everything's different, which was sick. Um, getting to Gotham, I straight up went to their track. Ah, before, before Gotham, bro, let me comment on that. Cause yeah, that's music to my ears. As far as like, I feel like Americans are so robotic sometimes. Yeah. And if you look at the great footballers like Ronaldinho, they made you feel soccer. Like there yeah. was something that they did that I, Ronaldinho, just every time he had the ball, he made you feel like he was going to do something. So yeah. the fact that you're touching on that and that you be, yeah. you became technical. And let me point that out that this didn't happen until 2020 COVID. So you were already 21. Like for those players listening, it's, it's never too late. You're never too old to get technical or more technical. Oh, absolutely. I wasn't a great dribbler. I wasn't even a good dribbler for a pro level until this last year like literally man and like my name's still changing and that's what's so fun about right now is like who i'm gonna be becoming right now is sick as fuck like this next three years of my career like whether i get to the national team in this next three years or not like i know i'm becoming and like i can feel it in my bones and there's all these like different styles I'm like accumulating yeah. and I'm just like sponging it up. And there's going to be moments where like I get seen expressing that and like that's going to be fun as shit. So I'm excited about it. Bro, I'm excited to see you. Like I'm, you inspire me to go outside right now, man. Like I'm, <laughs> yes. I love that. Like I said, like I've only had a few conversations with you, but I feel that hunger and it's dope that your confidence is there from so early from your ups and downs. So oh, you end up at Gotham FC. This is yeah. not no middle of the mall team. This ain't no amateur hour. This is New York's team. And talk to us about the experience. You said you were one of the best dribblers there. So you have sauce in New York now. Right. You feel me? So <laughs> it was humbling at first because I was like, for sure, like, I'm just getting a camp, right? Like mm -hmm. I went into camp as a rookie. Like I'm way better. I'll just get into camp. I didn't get any offers to go into camps. So, like I had to go to tryouts. I had to fly my ass out to New Jersey in the winter, like January 3rd or something. And like go try out with like all these, like, you know, players who are great and some players who like really yeah. suck. And it was a little, like it was humbling because I'm, I didn't, I felt like I was so above the level of like having to go to a tryout, open tryout, yeah. which also sometimes like a money grab. But once I got over that, it took me like half a day or a day to be like, all right, I'm, feeling humbled you know what I'm saying like yeah. I went out there and I had a fucking blast like because I'm a different player and I was just able to express and I mean it was much lower competition than I played against so I was able to like super sauce out there and got offered to camp from that um flew home flew back out and then went straight into camp and it was a great experience like I'm stoked that I chose to go to tryouts and you know, a lot has unfolded since then. I broke my foot and like I've had trials, but like what I've been realizing within this is like, we have this ideal version of like how a career is going to go or like how a day is going to or anything's going to go. And like my career has never gone the ideal version, but like that is being human. And like, I used to be so offended by that. Like, but I'm like, was trying to force my career into like this small circle of a path that like I thought my path was when I'm realizing, like, even when I talk about Italy, when my path is like changing and I don't understand it in a moment, but then like even a few weeks or months later, I'm like, holy shit, like uh, that little thing, like that broken foot or those issues are like up leveling me, you right. know, in all these other ways. So I'm grateful to have that insight now because I'm sure I'll just have like a bunch more fucking trials, but yeah, 
yeah, Gotham was dope. It was like, I love training at Gotham because our drills are sick as fuck. Like they're fun. And like, I don't know, you could, you could probably release this going to practice when a coach has lame drills. You're just like, you're not stoked to be there. Like I'm stoked still. Cause I want to yeah. get better, but it's like less fun, but going yeah. every day and knowing like the drills are going to push you and be fun. Yeah. Like it's so easy to feel stoked on life. And I really like felt, felt that with my time at Gotham. I hear you. Nah, man, that's, that makes such a difference, you know, because it gets competitive. You know, yeah. I, uh, yes, you're, these people are your teammates, but we're going oh, yeah. we're gonna to see who's better, you know? So oh, yeah. Especially still, in the pro world. Like, we love each other at the end of the day, but, like, it, we all want to be the best, like, on the pitch. So it's it's a weird – that's a weird vibe. Like, that knowing that, like, oh, your best friend, like, kind of wants you to be injured or, like, do bad, you yeah. know? like That's, that's a reality, though. Yeah. That's definitely a reality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. And let me – uh, you brought something up. Um a hum that humbling experience you got to remember yeah. you're coming back as a pro from italy and you have to yeah. try out and the fact that no that was very important what you said that you're never gonna have it's never gonna go your way it's never gonna be a fairy tale you know so you're gonna have to you know humble yourself and do take that tryout come out of your pocket i think it's very important because you can never feel like you're too good for that you know yeah. if you don't do yeah. that what happens you know yeah. you don't end up at gotham so in our conversation the other day you bought something that i had never heard and like i said like i'm a fan looking in so to me it's an amazing league to me i see it it's dope <laughs> i want to go to the games like you know but you said that as it, you should as you should I, I my entourage i'm pulling up like logan paul <laughs> bro, trust me um but you said it's a glorified league you even though you guys yeah. have grown you know, the, you guys, you know, the conditions are there, not, are not there for players, facilities, or for women's sports in general. So I kind of wanted to touch a little bit on about that and what you said. Yeah, I think that's something that is great to focus on. Like, I feel so split about it. There's the part that, like, if I look back to, like, what the 99ers group was, which is, like, really the first mm -hmm. national team yeah. who really, like, paved the way for me to be playing soccer right now on a professional level and not having to have another job like that's so recent so like yeah. i feel so grateful to that group of women who like didn't get paid did the fucking things like went through two leagues folding you know like they really went through real ass trials of like being effing broke and like having their love of the game push us forward and that's sick so like compared to what it has been very recently the league is exploding like yeah. our marketing's going up our facilities are going up and the intention is there like hundred percent. The intention is there to like continue to build. So like, we feel that I, I feel that every day on the flip side, there's like, we're not even close in my opinion to hitting the bare minimum of like what a male athlete would get or what like any athlete doesn't matter who like needs to perform, yeah. you know? And that's where we we talked about this, like, I love that we're boosting the league in some ways. Like how you saw like the marketing shit, like NBA yeah. outfits and we have like our own little vibe with that. Now. I love that shit. But like, I personal puppy don't like when the announcers are like making these stories about the league, how like everything's perfect. So when I watch games, it's like, oh yeah, and this and that, and it's all perfect. And then like, we're in the environment getting one meal a week, you know, yeah. like not yeah. even a good meal. And it's like, okay, let's chill out. Like let's, let's help it go forward because in 
in my opinion, like part of respecting those women that fucking dog, like dogged it all the way out for us and for the game of women's football, like we still got to be better. Yeah. And like, if you look at like a Megan Rapino or someone who's like rich as fuck, like getting money through this, she is still like so passionate about like, this has to be better, you know? Yeah. And like, she's getting paid. So if someone who's like the richest, most iconic person right now is that like you, that passionate and advocating that much, like that's how, you know, it's truly an issue for all of us. And like, especially like national team girls are allocated by the national team, which means their salaries are paid by U.S. soccer, mm -hmm. just by the national team only. So they're getting a decent amount of money. Everybody else, like you're getting like $22,000-ish a year. And like, that's not money. Like no. that's not livable money, you yeah. know, for a 12-month year. And like, you have to think like, we need to eat right. Like we need to have recovery tools. Like we need to be able to spend money on things for ourselves, like to help us even like be a great athlete. And those are things that, that bothered me when, the league is being over glamorized. Like, I think it's, we have to find a better balance of like, okay, yep, let's hype the league. Let's mm -hmm. get people invested. Like what's cool about this shit. Let's get people yeah. looking. But like, how can we also like continue to like raise the level of like, we're not hitting the bare minimum of what we need as athletes. Man, preaching again. I agree with you. And I've been one of those people who have been sold the dream. Like I'm right. like, oh, this league is, you know, this league is dope. But again, it goes to, America not taking care of the players, bro. Yeah, again, yeah. back to the college system. We don't take care of the players. We're making, there's money in this. And again, no one's opposed to making bread off this, but let's do it the right way. Yeah. You know, owners throw money at, at a, an investing group and then they try to sell seats. They glamorize it, like you say, but they don't, well, what about the players? What about the Warriors that are going out there and risking their body? You guys are not getting paid. You guys are not getting the conditions. You guys are not getting the essential tools. And it's not just, in women's soccer and women's sports recently we look at the nc uh, women's the ncaa in the gym yeah remember that was a big issue and it just yeah. shows that how far behind we are as far as like a nation as far as equality and we can do this yeah. hashtag this and it's like are we actually taking care of our players you you see all these all these big brands who have their campaign for pride month or yeah. uh, black lives matter but like come on let's start let's start at home you know let's start taking care of our players so no I'm, I'm i'm glad you made me aware of that aware of that because again like what i said earlier at the podcast i'm not familiar with this stuff and there was yeah. no way i was ever gonna get you know where i why you, know, you know be able to talk without talking to somebody like this and just want to be educated on everything you're saying it's like mind-blowing because as a soccer <laughs> fan it's just like i want to ask you about more and i want to dive deeper into that and I feel like there's some more we can go into, but I feel like we have to give people, you know, time to digest and give yeah. me time to get better. And, you know, hopefully I can meet you one per one day and get it in person, you know? So Absolutely. I wanted to ask you before, you know, I let you go about the future of the league of your soccer and a little bit of future of yourself. You know, I clearly you have unreal dreams and I love that you're dreaming big. So realistically, in the next two, three years, where do you see going as far as a player, as a person, as a baller? <laughs> um, all right. T take it with a grain of salt because you never really know. Like three years is a lot of time in a career. Yeah. So I think in the next three years, my biggest goal is two things. Like what I've been working on is the ball being an extension of me. So like, if I can have such amazing connection with the ball, that it's like my hand, like I can move the ball the way I move my hand on my foot. 
that's like my biggest goal because one soccer is way more fucking fun if you can sauce everybody yeah. and two like if you look like at a Messi or Ronaldinho like those players the ball's under them all the time it's on a string and like there's not many American players I think Rose Lavelle does I think Toby Heath does oh, she's my favorite boss. absolutely she's sick but like there's not many American players especially with my body and like my ability to be a brute that can do that so that's like my like technical goal um next three years in terms of like what I see realistic I don't know fuck realistic like shit shit happens all the time where like you're surprised and I would love to have start getting caps like within the third year I would love Uh, to start getting caps that's how I feel about it I love it nah I think that's realistic I don't think that's too far (laughs) for you I don't think with your confidence your talent how much you're improving your love you know I can definitely see that happening rock your jersey you best believe hell yeah How about for the league? Where do you see the powerhouse? The like, I think we're blowing up. I think then, like, we're getting expansion teams every year. We're getting two next year in California. Like, I'm stoked on where the NWSL is going. Like I said before, I hope that we continue to like raise the bare minimum of mm-hmm. what we're getting. But like, getting more teams in the league is a great sign, and I'm super excited like about where the NWSL is going. This is the actually the longest league that's made it. We've had two previous leagues, and they've both folded. So like, it's a great sign that this league is like, we're getting more viewership and more sponsorships going into deeper years than any other league has made it for women's soccer in the States. Um, as a national team, I think we'll continue to dominate. Like yeah. it's a little cocky, but mm-hmm. I truly feel that way. Like it's the standards are so high for our national team players that like, I just can't see us really dipping anytime soon. Um, we also like if you look at other countries, like we're saying Italy, like they do have have less resources, and yeah. that Italy is still like a first world country. Like we're playing all sorts of countries, and some of them are third world countries. And you have to think like those women aren't getting exposed to half the shit that we are. Yeah. So like if you look at it in terms of that, like we should be dominating. Like our national team has great resources and money funding them. So like we should be dominating. I I'm very confident we will continue to dominate in that world. Man, I love it because, again, I'm a soccer fan. I love that we're going to dominate in the women's soccer. Man, but our our side, I asked this question to all my guests, and they're like, bro, we don't know. So, like, you know, yes, the group we have now is good, but are we going to be generationally good? And I feel women's soccer, we know your kids are going to be good. Your kids' kids yeah. are going to be good because – Yeah, I feel like we've proven that, to be honest. Yeah, no, yeah, man, and I feel like – but it's also – I feel like U.S. Uh, women's soccer, I mean, just women's soccer in general has so much more to go, so much oh, more to yeah. grow as an international, you know, sport. And, you know, it's, you guys have other issues as far as like, you know, what's going on in your sports world. And I'll, it's dope that, you know, you're willing to come on and just share some of this just because I feel like people, there's people that want to hear this. Like, I want to hear there's the people that, you know, there there's a, like an audience for all this. So, Thank you for sharing all your knowledge. And this is, man, like so much to digest, so much that I, you know, I got to get better at. But again, thank you for your time. Thank you for educating me. And let me tell you this, like, you're inspiring. You're dope. Like, I'm not telling you this, you know, as a person, but just as a soccer player. And I love this sport so much. So for me to hear you so hungry and to have such big goals, I'm like, 
fuck yeah this is why i watch the sport you know this is the play, kind of players that i want to follow and they're in america you're an american gem you're an american success so i want to give you your flowers and i want to wish you the best i want to wish you the best and i know you're going to do it national team color on the back stop playing let's go <laughs> talk that talk thank you i appreciate it